your body gives out like it did for Claire or, or has for me when I've, I've fallen asleep sure. at your place at like 3 a.m. or whatever. But, yeah, you never want to stop. You That's never totally want to right. stop the hunt. <laughs> there are still three homes <laughs> that someone or someones are, are looking at, <laughs> each it, with their own flaws and benefits. Right. Right. There's going to be some cost-benefit analysis. There's going to be some balancing, uh, if there's more than one person, of, of yeah. you know, desires. Do you want a, a bigger mudroom or do you want a man cave? <laughs> do you have wildly different understandings of how much you can afford? How did that happen? But also, who's going to decide? Because that's pretty critical. <laughs> Oh, that show is so good. <laughs> Claire, especially, uh, I think that you make it even better for her. You're, oh. you're unremitting and unbridled enthusiasm for literally every <laughs> single home on House Hunters. It's, there are some incredible homes across this nation. <laughs> Um, all right, let's get started. You want to welcome people back? Folks, you better welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. <laughs> I am your host, William Bloor, with my co host, Simon Net. <laughs> Nets Nation. It's all about the chances you blink. We are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation. And Simon, do we ever have a lot of Nets news to get to? Of course, we're going to talk KD. Of course, we're going to talk Kyrie. Of course. Of course, we're going to talk James Harden. But first, uh, I wanted to talk about something that happened to me recently. Right? Okay. I want to get personal. I want to open up. Excellent. Uh, I got an email from Anchor. Uh, Anchor, for those of you who um, don't produce this podcast, is the host. <laughs> The podcast hosting site that we use. Um, some of its uh, amenities include it being uh, free of charge. Uh, I think. Big thank you to Anchor today. Big, th- big shout to Anchor. Um, not not a formal sponsor of the show, but no. um, you know they deserve they deserve some credit for what you're hearing right now. So I got an email from Anchor recently, Simon, and they were alerting me to the fact that we had received coach. Chill out, buddy. Um, that we had received a voice message. Uh Right, and so I have. I still haven't been able to play you the voice message. Yeah, I've I'm listened to, to hear it. it. It's a wonderful, very kind voice message from Bill Chalveris. Do you do you do you know? Does that name ring a bell, Simon? No. Do you remember Emma Chalveris? No. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, anyway. Um, I think it's a, it's a, it's an Albuquerque, and, and he left a very nice voicemail. But what I what I why I bring this up um, is th- because I have no idea how he did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Didn't. Bill, if you're listening out there, first of all, thank you for the kind yeah, thank message. You. Two, thank you for listening. Uh, we we really appreciate it. But three, would you mind? leaving a voice message that it was some level of detail and specificity lays out how you went about leaving <laughs> this voice message because it's amazing. And I, I think I, we, we, we love the, we love getting voice messages. I do anyway. Um, and, and we'd love to encourage listeners to do it, but I have absolutely no practical advice on how one does it. Um, I, it clearly is something that anchor anchor offers, but um, 
but again, I, I I just don't know how it's done. So so let us know. Um, and again, thanks thanks for listening, um, Simon. <sighs> you are a man of many titles, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> PR Wunderkind is one oh, of them. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nets Nut, another one. Yes, for sure. For sure. But most recently, you have become known. Oh, the big hole is one that you go by occasionally. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, but <laughs> that, by the woof, way, woof. big hole is a woof woof lawless. Yeah. No, no, I raw. was raw. You, you were raw. Lawless. You were raw, and you were also Merle. All right. So anyway, the right. guy's got a ton of nicknames. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Let's... including Merle. Including Merle. Uh, but his most recent one is the Czar, the Czar of Fun. So, <laughs> Simon, let's talk pranksters. Okay. Uh, all right. Newest net. Blake Griffin has himself a TV show. It's called Double Cross, I think, and is dubbed. A show that is a a prank. You pull pranks on pranksters. Mm. You pull a prank on a prankster. Before we get into your Zara Fun, Zara theme, um, theme, Simon, what is your take in general on a prank show? I, so I think they are cruel. And needless, and have no place in society. <laughs> um, unless there is one exception where I feel like sort of implicitly, like, except when it's sort of implicitly or explicitly, um, like, consented to. So I will give an example, and this this sort of relates to, to what we're going to do in the theme, but... But, like, the jackass crew, right? They may not know exactly when they're going to get pranked. Mm-hmm. But, you know, by sort of, you know, accepting their paychecks and kind of, you know, working within the jackass system, mm-hmm. they kind of know that inevitably they're going to get pranked. Right. They know that a, a low-grade nuclear weapon will be exploded in <laughs> or around their scrotum <laughs> at some point. <laughs> In a certain period of time. Right. So so my, my issue with pranks, in short, is a lack of consent. And the thing that I think both indicates that I think society is moving away from your, your old school prank type shows and why I think the Blake Griffin show may still have, have merit. I haven't seen it, but, but <laughs> I don't want to totally condemn it right now. Right. True, that true TV's double cross. <laughs> right, sorry. True TV's Double Cross. <laughs> Great name, instantly identifiable. What that show is about, um, uh, and a great network. Um, True TV. I have nothing but respect. Uh, but the thing is, I I I suspect that you know if if it's somebody who who you know makes their living on pranks, you, you kind of got to expect you're going to get pranked. So it's a little you know yeah. Old Testament it's, justice. Yeah, it's got some like Robin Hood vibes, you know. It's yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, isn't Dak Shepard on a prank on a prank show of some kind? He was. Well, he got his um, he got his start on Punked. The the um. You know, one one of the the biggest prank shows in the game. That's the Kutcher vehicle, right? Yes, that's right. Man. Um, all right. So I'm gonna skip just based on, on your your take on, on prank shows in general, I'm gonna skip a few of the questions I had, which were delving into some of your favorite pranks of all time. I also well, don't I, I don't love the genre either. I, I could tell you some some like jackass pranks that that I think are good. Well, why don't but... you tell us what the theme is, and then maybe tell us some okay. of those pranks, folks. The theme for today's fun loving and fun having show is um, is comparing nets to jackass cast members. You know them, you love them. You might not know them if you're a certain age, um, but <laughs> if if you are William and I's age, there's almost no chance you haven't heard of them. 
they're the jackass crew and they're funny as F and they're aging now. And it's kind of moved into very sad territory. I don't think they're really making movies or shows these days. I think they're kind of living off of, you know, um, royalties and stuff, hopefully, or they've developed, you know, substance abuse issues. In and out of right Um, various rehabs and, Right. So, so, um, but a few, a few of the casters have made it to millionaire row and they're doing okay. Um, anyway, it's jackass crew. It's Nets players. It's a combo. (laughs) Great. So we are going to compare Nets players to jackass characters. Simon, would you like to do the, your first comparison? Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, William. So um, my um, first one is going to be uh, Chris um, Pontius, who is a guy who basically didn't talk uh, on Jackass. And when he co-starred in that movie we saw with – uh, Johnny Knoxville, um, about the roller coaster. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. I think we quickly understood why he's not especially charismatic. He's the he's a really <laughs> handsome one, right? With he's the, the, the bit with the big penis. Am I it, remembering ex- that correctly? That is one hundred percent correct, William. Yeah, I have him. I didn't remember that his name was Chris Pontius, but I do have a, a comparison to him, and I just have him down as the really handsome one with the big penis. I think. Right. He can, exactly. He can hit a baseball with his penis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think anyone could. Right. I yeah, but but right. he can do it. Well, he can he can jack a dinger with the exactly. with he can his hit cock. a dinger with his dinger. <laughs> uh, this is already going great in my view. Um, so, to me, Chris Pontius is uh, Joe Harris. Oh uh, wow, handsome handsome guy. Um, you know, nice guy. I'm not sure how nice Chris Pontius is, but I would, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to put any claim one way or the other on that one. But, uh, but you know, I, I don't know if you listen to the the Woj podcast. I mean, Joe Joe is it seems great. I, I wish him nothing but the best. I, I just he's not a it's not an exciting interview. You know, when you're talking to to, to Joe, it's not. You know, he's fine. He's perfectly good. He answers questions faithfully and and you know as honestly as he can. But like, have you ever like been you know wowed by a Joe Harris comment? I, no, I certainly haven't. Definitely so. not. Yeah, I had um, for this. I had you know he seems cool because he's handsome, right? And he doesn't say right. anything, and he's got a big penis that can. <laughs> gonna hit a baseball with i guess um so but he doesn't really do anything that i that i in most of the things you know i don't remember him having like a very active (laughs) role other than being like a a a stud totally right. um and so that to me is blake griffin okay because i see blake griffin as as more of a showpiece this year, ah. right? Like we've got him. He's handsome. He's on the sidelines. Uh, but I can't imagine that Blake Griffin is going to have a big role on this team unless he's just a very, very different player than he was in Detroit. Sure. I think that's fair. All right. So my first one, Simon, is going to be Bam Majera's parents. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great, great. So, great. if I remember correct, and you know, of course, of course, I know them. I love them, the Jackass <laughs> Gang. But uh, I, you know, my memory of like, I, I don't know that I've ever, ever watched any of these things fully sober before. So, you know, sure. my memory isn't great of this. Um, but if I remember correctly, his father is obese, right? Yep. Yeah, and so that to them is endlessly hilarious to the boys, um, and they always do really, really mean things to him. And yeah. then the mom, his mom, always gets really pissed off at them for for picking on on the dad, right? Yes, that's correct. I think the the most common thing is he, in the middle of the night, Bam will go into the um, bedroom where his 
parents are sleeping and start slapping and beating his dad. Um, <laughs> Hilariously. Hilariously. <laughs> yes. Because, again, he's morbidly obese, so there's right. few things funnier than just beating him <laughs> randomly. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, you know, it's it's – it was geared towards a younger audience than we currently <laughs> are. And it was a different time. It was a different time. It was a different it was time. A very People different have time. To realize. Yes. Yeah. I don't think Jackass gets made in 2021. Uh, no. I guess you could consider that a sign of progress. Um, yeah. For sure. So, anyway, Bam's parents to me are Kenny Atkinson. <laughs> <laughs> He was both he was both picked on by the superstars who ultimately got him fired and always irately angry like uh like the mom. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he he embodies both the Bam's Bam Majera, the household name Bam Majera. Actually probably the, the most famous, maybe Johnny Knoxville, most famous of them all. Um Yeah, Kenny Atkinson. Absolutely great. Great pick. Uh <laughs> Kenny has been getting slapped in his sleep um, <laughs> right since, since Kyrie and Katie uh, came, came to town uh, so my next one is Steve O Steve O Steve O Steve O to me is the is like in, in a crew of people who who do um, you know inflict pain on themselves he and do gross stuff. He inflicts the most pain and does the grossest stuff to himself. Yes, I would say his balls are the most to the wall. Right. Exactly. Exactly. There's not a whole lot he won't do. <laughs> um, <laughs> Conscious or not. Right. Exactly. And um, to me, that is Bruce Brown. Our, our, you know, uh, does the dirty work, gets in there, mixes it up with with the bigs, uh, you know, throws his body out there. We'll, we'll scrape for loose balls and dive on the floor. Um, he is our Steve-O. Yeah, that's a good one for Steve-O. Uh, I, uh, for, for Bruce Brown, I had Wee Man. Oh, sure. That's another he, great one. He, I mean, he, he, he was involved, you know, like he did a yeah. lot of the stunts. Like if you needed a shorter person to like run face first into someone's nutsack, right? Right. <laughs> Wee Man exactly. was there for you. Wee Man was there yeah. for you. If you needed, <laughs> if you needed to stuff a human being into a human cannon, Wee Man... <laughs> Was there for you, okay? Yeah. And that is Bruce Brown. You're like, oh, sure, you need a center tonight? That's Bruce Brown. Oh, you need right. a, you know, you need you need a guy who's going to who's gonna fight the other team's best player? All right, you got Bruce Brown. Boom. Yes, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, um, all right, my final, my final one's just going to be Bam Majera. Okay, okay, great. Uh, he was once very cool, prob- probably the coolest of them all because he was like a professional skateboarder, right? Which, mm. I mean, skateboarders are inherently cool. I mean, you could be a, a Albuquerque, not even sponsored skater, and you're already cooler than basically anyone I know. Correct, um, yes. And so if you're a professional skater, you're just like, that is, I, I would say that, that the, that's like the equivalent of what like a rock star was in the 60s or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, skaters are just cool. But but when Bam Majera got washed, he got washed up really, really hard and fast. Is that true? I didn't know. Yeah, he's just like this fat, rich, awful human being now. Like he's just a total prick. I mean, he was always a <laughs> prick, but it's sort of charming when you're a professional skater and young and handsome, right? Right. And now he's just like, he's just, you know, an arrogant prick who's you know, in his fifties and has literally nothing to do except like beat obese people and laugh at them. Um, (laughs) and to me, that is essentially the exact career trajectory of Deandre Jordan. 
Mm. Uh, he was once a high-flying, rim-running big on one of the flashiest teams in the league. Uh, and now he is probably my least favorite NBA player to watch play basketball. Um, <laughs> basically, the only joy I derive out of DeAndre Jordan playing anymore is when he so egregiously doesn't move on defense that after the play, when the other team inevitably scores uh, because of his um, lack of effort and ability, uh, James Harden begins screaming at him. That's basically <laughs> the only thing I like to see um, when DeAndre Jordan is on the court anymore. Have you felt that he's been better lately in no. terms of effort? Awful. No? Okay. Awful. You should, uh, in the last game, um, the, the Celtics game, is what, I, what I'm thinking of. Like, Claire noticed this, too. There was this, this play, and DeAndre just – it was a two-on-two two transition play. And there was a guy at the three-point line, and DeAndre Jordan didn't even bother to try to run out on him. They, of course, made it. And – James Harden just lit into him. He's like, how can you not, you know, like, how can you not move out towards this guy? But he doesn't do a fucking thing. I know that, you know, there are numbers where there are nights when he puts up decent numbers, you know, he's going to get rebounds, but that's because literally he'll grab them out of his teammates' hands. Uh, there are nights when, you know, James Harden's going to give him a few lobs at the rim. He is a good dunker. I will give him that. Like, he can catch a ball around the rim and dunk it from weird, preposterous angles. Um, and they're very violent dunks. Um, and, you know, so <laughs> hats off to that. But, uh, no, he's absolutely fucking horrible on defense. And the sooner we can find uh, players to completely take his minutes, like Claxton and hopefully Jeff Green can just completely eat all of DeAndre's minutes by the end of the season, um, the better I think this team will be. He's a, mm. he's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> Um, you're, you're finally starting to like them. Um, uh, so my last one is Johnny Knoxville. Um, the guy who stirs the drink in the, in the jackass, um, world, uh, movie star. Um, I, I argue this is, you know, per, and Degustatibus non est disputandum, William, as you know, mm-hmm. but to me, he's the most handsome, um, and, I'm a Chris uh, Big Penis guy, but what? I'm a I'm a big penis guy. The big penis, right? Guy. Cr- Cr- Chris Pontius or whatever. Chris Pontius. Um, sure, sure. Okay. Um, to to me, there's nobody who wears those um, aviators better on this earth than uh, than J- uh, Johnny Knoxville. And to me, that's Kevin Durant. Um, Kevin Durant is the reason why all of this, any any sort of good, has has come to the Nets. Um, you know, he's the reason James Harden is here. He's the reason, um, you know, which you know could could end up being very bad for our franchise um, in the future. But um, for right now, has led us to to be you know the hottest team in the NBA. Um, he's you know the reason for so much of of uh net's world right now um so to me he's he's the obvious johnny knox well you bring up kd simon yeah and in addition to being our czar of fun czar of themes yes you're also our in podcast sports medicine guru (laughs) thanks and i would love (laughs) to hear from from a, a guy who comes you know from the the perspective you do, which is a which is a hard nosed sports medicine dude, uh-huh. uh, what in the hell is happening with Kevin Durant's hamstring, and what did they see in the most recent scan that led them to keep him out indefinitely? Well, great question. The only so for, first, can I just say, William? I don't know how you feel about this, but. I and I, I find myself doing this as well as a lot of Nets Twitter. Um, like, it's easy for us to like obsess over like, oh my God, are we gonna get Drummond? Are we are we gonna get PJ Tucker? You know, will Blake Griffin have like a a, a um, you know Renaissance or whatever? When like, and there's less attention than I think 
it needs to be there on Kevin Durant because none of that – that is going to matter. All those other things are going to matter like one one-hundredth of like how, how oh, Kevin Durant, how healthy he is, how many games he's able to play, how um, well he's going to play. You know what I mean? Like that is like number one priority and I feel like you know, you can't really focus enough on that. Um, so thank you for the question. I will now delve into my medical analysis. Um, I have heard like Steve Nash said that he found, they found blood on the Mm -hmm. last scan, which I guess is not uncommon in, in from, from my Googling, which as you know, is this, the first, um, uh, sign of expertise is, is a good Googling. Uh, Hey, it's that, just that one it, of your tools. It's one of your tools. Right. It's one of my many tools. One of your diagnostic case, tools. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's a tool in, in my very, very vast um, toolkit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but in this case, it was the only tool I employed. i got to be honest. Um, it, that is actually common um, for, for hamstring um, strains. But... I am so worried about this, William. And each passing day, I get more and more worried. The latest is like they're going to give him a scan next week, um, and kind of go from there. But we're back into the territory of really vague Nets updates and weirdly worded statements. And he's missed um, like half the season of 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 the games that have been played. He's played in. Half or less, I believe. No, I know. I mean, last episode we talked about how Harden's already played more games than ever. Maybe two episodes ago at this point. Uh, It's really not good. And, um, you know, so much depends upon a healthy Kevin Durant for this team to have real uh, contender upside. Exactly. So, yes, he's played in 19 games, and we've played... um, um, 38, I want to say we played 38 games. So, so he's basically played in half, half of the games. And in one of them, um, he was like, he played like 18 minutes and was pulled. And not all those were, not all those were health. Um, some of them were the protocol stuff, but still disconcerting. It is, and, and Nets fans will a long time or not very long time, but years long Nets fans will, will know that, um, uh, Jeremy Lin, um, his basically his entire first season with the Nets was was completely destroyed by um, ham, a hamstring injury. So these things can linger, uh, and they are uh, yeah, it's a it's a source of huge huge concern for me. Like I, if we don't sign anyone, if we strike out in the the trade and buyout market, like if we could just get a healthy Kevin Durant, I is so much more important. Um, completely, completely agree. Uh, speaking of trade buyout market, Simon, do you think PJ Tucker or Andre Drummond is going to be a net next time we talk? Great question, William. I, I do not, I will say, I really don't think Drummond will be, um, because I, I think if. If Drummond is traded, he will not be traded to the Nets. I just don't know how the Nets can get up to the twenty-eight million or whatever that they need to get up to, or twenty-something million. Um, they can trade Spencer, and then it's like, where do you go from there? Like maybe we'll trade DeAndre, but I kind of doubt it. And then from there, there's like nobody who who fits the salary requirements. Right. So, so See, I really don't. So you're thinking it's going to be buyout or bust for those guys? Exactly, exactly. And and PJ, um, do you even want PJ? I really want PJ. Honestly, I really want PJ. I know that he is averaging four points on like below forty percent shooting, Uh but um, I just have seen him. I'm sure you saw that he um, basically boycotted um, his last game, and and the Rockets have agreed to just like let him sit at home. Um until they find someone to, to, to trade him. I, I just think, again, we don't have any goons. We need somebody who, when, um, Pat Beverly, uh, slams into your, your, your Jeff greens or what have you, like who will, who will go after the, uh, you know, who, who will exact some revenge. 
and we need somebody who can kind of guard big um, wings, and uh, he's our best hope for that, I, I think. So I really want PJ. What about a little guy known as Victor Oladipo? I would be curious to seize another one whose contract is tough to tough to match up with, but I would be interested in that. I'm so wary though of like adding another person who wants to score. Yeah, I watched a Rockets. Oh, the Rockets game against uh, the Nets. That's why I watched. Uh-huh. It. I was like, why did I watch a Rockets game? Yeah, the Rockets Nets <laughs> game. Uh, Victor Oladipo, incredible on ball defender. Yeah. Really, really, really good on on ball defender. N- couldn't hit a shot to save his life. Yeah. Um, which, while troubling right now, I think is something that you can be confident if he doesn't get another injury, will come back. Like his shooting will come back. Um, but if he were on our team, I think he would be a perfect fit because – we need a dogged wing defender out there, as you as you know, um, and he could be that. And we he wouldn't have have to have the onus of scoring a bunch of points right now. Do you feel like he would be okay with not scoring points? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think if they traded for him and they discussed, you know, like, hey, this is the extension that we're going to be wanting to give you and blah, blah, blah. And he was he was comfortable with it. I think he could. Except, I mean, I think it's not that hard to talk someone in to deferring a bit when your three teammates are three of the greatest offensive players <laughs> in the history of the game. Yeah. You know, like I know everyone has an ego and and it's it's never quite that easy, but like it's not that hard of a sell, you know. They're not going to be like they're not going to be like no Blake needs more shots than you or, you know, DeAndre needs to get more touches than you. They're going to be like, "Hey, these three literally historic offensive players need need more more shots than you." Yeah. I yeah. I I I I think that's that's possible. I, I I will just say my own my fear with with him is is that is that he 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 will want to he he will want a piece and and won't want to defer. Even though I I hear you that he's clearly not the not as good as those three players. So the the guy that was moved in a way for Oladipo, Karis Levert. Mm. Uh, it's coming up this week, Simon, as headline of the week. Karis Levert to make Pacers debut after cancer scare. He's coming back tonight. Yeah, congrats to Karis. That's that's um, great news. Um, you know, uh, the, the Pacers could use him. Yeah, big time. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, that yeah, very, very, very excited to hear that Karis has uh, recovered from, uh, I guess it was surgically removed. Um, So, you know, I hope he does well there. I hope, you know, health has always been an issue for Karis LeVert, but um, you just got to hope it it works out in Indiana for him because it, it does seem like it'd be a great fit for him. They need another scorer on that team, and he is... Nothing, if not a high-usage scorer. Yes. All right, Simon, what do you say you, me, and although Coach isn't going to say anything, he's he's with us here at my feet, we <laughs> head to the mailbag. Great. Um, so we got a mailbag from a listener, Bruce. Thank you for the mailbag. Uh, we always love hearing from our listeners, whether it's voicemail or email or a tweet or slide into our DMs on IG. Um, we we just love it. We love hearing from people, don't we, Simon? Yes, in a huge way. In a huge, huge way. We live for it. We live for it. Um, so Bruce sent in two questions, one serious, one not so much. So his first question, Simon, <coughs> I think this is the serious one. What has been the most surprising thing you've learned about James Harden since he joined the team? For me, it's how easy he makes the game look 
interested in your thoughts. Simon, I've got a, a pretty lengthy answer to this one, so I'm going to let okay. you go first. Okay. Uh, I To me, it is definitely his passing and his playmaking. I had not watched a lot of James Harden prior to him coming to the Nets and his reputation um, before coming was that he dribbled the ball for 20 seconds and then took a step back three or he drove and got a cheap foul um, or would at the very last second dump off his dump the ball off um, to somebody in the corner for a three. But he is in a, he, you know, he is the conductor out there. He is, you know, entirely responsible for a ton of what happens on almost every play um, for the Nets um, and is a big part of why, you know, not only are we playing really well, he's getting a ton of triple doubles and et cetera, but like the things like Bruce Brown's emergence and Nick Claxton's, you know, solid play so far. A lot of that is they have um, James Harden who's making the game easier for them. So I really did not know he was that kind of player. Yeah. So for me, definitely, I know this, this is, this is kind of lame, but passing is, is my answer as well. I have some stats though, Simon, Hit me. that, uh, that when I went down sort of a rabbit hole of, uh, <laughs> of James, why, like what about his passing is so interesting. So everyone knows he's leading the league in assists this year by over in a, an entire assist. Uh, he's, he's averaging 11 and the next closest one is like 9.8 or something like that. Okay. Um, so that, you know, alone is an impressive counting stat, but there are some more advanced stats that I thought were very interesting. He's third in the NBA among players. So all these stats I'm going to give you are, are for players who have played at least 25 games. Okay. Uh, he's third in the NBA in assist percentage. Simon, with an assist percentage of 43%, what, you ask, is assist percentage? Mm-hmm. You'd like to know? What is it? you got to <laughs> tell me. Assist percentage is an estimate of the percentage of teammate field goals a player assisted while he was on the floor. So while James Harden is on the floor, he assists – on 43% of the buckets that are being made, which is incredible, right? Yeah. That's like that, that's just a staggeringly large number. Then next one in the, in his, in his passing, uh, this passing stat, he's eighth in assist ratio with a 31.6 assist ratio. And I think Simon, if I if I can peer into your brain for a minute, you're asking what the heck is an assist ratio? That's right. I've never heard of it. Yeah. What is it? And assist I and I don't feel bad. I didn't know either. I had to look all this shit up. I I, I don't feel bad. Uh, uh, Simon, come on. Don't beat yourself <laughs> up, buddy. <laughs> uh, assist ratio. I have incredible ratio. self-esteem on these sorts of things. Sorry. <laughs> I've never felt bad a single second of my life. <laughs> I'm a badass. How can I feel bad? Uh, an assist ratio is an attempt to calculate the percentage of a player's offensive possessions that result in an assist. So if he has a 31.6 assist ratio, it means that basically on a third of his possessions, he's getting an assist. Mm. Which, again, like, this is speaking to what a transcendent passer this guy is. That he is able to, when he touches the ball a third of the time, it is leading to a made basket by somebody else. Which is, is amazing. So, all of this got me thinking about, like, how does he get his own offense, right? Like, he's he is dishing out at these really, really high levels. Um, how is Harden himself scoring? Is he getting assisted, et cetera, et cetera? So the answer, Simon, the short answer to is he being assisted and set up is a definitive no. So the percentage of field goals made that were unassisted by James Harden, uh -huh. he ranks fifth in the entire league. Oh, wow. Yeah. So 78.1% of his field goals are unassisted. 
Wow. Which is remarkable because it basically means that I, you know, James Harden is either assisting or 100% responsible for the bucket that he himself is going out and getting. Right. Which is just a, <laughs> like an unbelievably valuable offensive player. You can either score completely on your own or you're going to set someone else else up to score a basket. Right. Um, and I think, you know, those those begin to get at, at why he is such an effective player, particularly in the regular season, um, because he can just bring that sort of like he touches the ball. He's going to assist it or score, you know, right. and he can bring that every night. And he does. You know, he plays every game and. You know, he's just he's just incredible. And he just he just has raised the floor of this season so much higher uh, because he just won't let your team suck because he's so productive offensively. Yeah. Do you see here's something that 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 those stats make me think, which is like in addition to everything else bad about Kevin Durant being out, I also worry that it's going to wear on James Harden. Um, who those stats indicate is doing a tremendous amount of work when he's out on the court, which is about 40 minutes a game. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's out there, of course. And I think that, I think that getting Durant back is obviously the most important thing for the team in the playoffs. But I think as we've discussed, I don't expect that much from Harden in the playoffs. Mm. Right. Like, I think that is when like, James Harden, to me, his role on this team is getting us into hopefully first place, but at least like a top three seed in the East. Yeah. Um, And if in the playoffs he can, you know, because this has been a knock on him forever. Like he is not a fourth quarter guy. He's not a clutch guy. He's not like a Dame Lillard. Right. He's not he's not a guy who's who's going to heroically put the team on his back in the fourth quarter and, and win a game for you, but he's going to bring, you know, this consistent, you know, floor raising offense um, for the first three quarters. And then you can, you can rely on Kyrie who has hit one of the most clutch shots in NBA history in the finals or Kevin Durant, who is just a stone cold killer. Um, and those are the guys who are going to be your fourth quarter guys. James Harden doesn't have to do it. So if he's exhausted, if he's overworked, whatever, you know, like he's still capable of bringing like a level of competence and competitiveness through at least the first few quarters of a game, I think. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like a plan. (laughs) Great. And now to Bruce's second question. A few years ago, the Yes Network ran a promotion where they put a mic on D'Angelo Russell during the game. Which net would you like to have mic'd up on the court for a full game, Simon? So it's a tough, tough battle for me between James Harden and Kyrie Irving, but I'm going to say Kyrie because I I want to know what – I mean, I, I just want to know, like, when he's yelling at people, what is he yelling? When he's, like, directing traffic out there, what is he saying? You know what I mean? Like, all of the weird we, – we talked about in a previous episode, like, his weird defensive lapses that, that happen in part because he's sometimes, like, directing people around and telling people that he's – that, you know, to switch with him and then he's going with his, his original person he's supposed to guard. Like, just doing weird stuff. I just want to hear what those – conversations are life what he's what he's doing out there yeah no i mean i think Kyrie uh put put a microphone in front of him and a massive scandal is guaranteed to ensue he also (laughs) says funny stuff um like at the lakers game when he talks shit about lebron being the best free throw player on that tech but i think for for me Kyrie is a little too obvious simon sorry no offense to your choice Um, oh no i mean why would i be offended yeah, you know, just you you're a man who who loves reveling in the obvious. Um, so, so somebody like me with the air, with the uh, ego I have, impossible. <laughs> right. To feel bad. Uh Harden for me a little too obvious. Um but I do think Harden is low key extremely weird. Mm. Um and I see him muttering throughout games and I'd be intrigued to hear what it is. 
Um, I definitely never want them to mic up DeAndre Jordan again. Uh, because he just like he was like like uh performance art. Like he acted, you know, like he right. was like he was running the defense and uh, you know, trying to like tell you know, tell people what to do. And it's like, DeAndre, come on, man. You 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 should literally be called for a, a four second defensive lane violation every single time that you're playing defense. You do nothing, you stand there and you're a worthless member of the team. Anyway, he's not candid, he's not honest on the mic, Simon. We can't trust him. I don't want him. Which leads me, Simon, to the guy I would like to be mic'd up, and that is Mike D'Antoni. Okay. So for me, Mike D'Antoni seems to really be kicking back on the bench this season, right? <laughs> he's got a smile. He's got crossed legs. I feel like I know he doesn't actually wear a Hawaiian t-shirt, uh, a Hawaiian shirt, but I feel <laughs> like he is wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Um, he's just, I just love to hear what's going on. You know, like he's, I feel like he's talking about some new restaurants he's tried out in Brooklyn. I don't, I, you know, who knows? And he, and he, everything he says is in that, in that charming West Virginia twang. Right. Um, so I just think he'd be a fun, you know, get, get, get the view from the, the most chillax assistant coach in the NBA, Mike Dento. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel like he, he, he also kind of has a Spengali aspect to him? Cause like a ton of the nets, he, like his fingerprints to me are all over this, this nets team, like from using Bruce Brown as a center to, to the switching defense, even though I know he's, he's technically not the, the defense guru. I, I think it, it, it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that the nets switch on everything in a very similar way to the, the rockets. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I, I just feel like he has this, yes, this totally quiet seems to really have, as you've said, taken to the assistant coach role. Like he, he's, he's like, you know, happy to just chillax out there, but, but he's, he's behind the scenes. He's pulling a lot of strings. Right. He's, he's kind of like the, um, you know the 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 grandparent who is like a, a a shitty actual parent, but then they become a grandparent and they're just they're just amazingly sweet and nice and caring and all those things to their grandchildren. Uh, anyway, but why does he have to have the the, the evil backstory? <laughs> Well, no, it's just like it's just like you know. Maybe when he was a coach, maybe when he was a coach, he. I mean, everyone liked him. I, I you know, it doesn't. It's not a perfect <laughs> analogy. But but now it's just like he's just more laid back. He can just sort of like like the pressure's not on. He can just really sort of enjoy it. You know, like yeah, he, yeah, at the end sure. of the day, he doesn't have to be fully responsible for everything. His his his, his neck isn't on the line. And you right. can you can you can tell. That's why he's got his Hawaiian tees on. <laughs> All right, right, and then the last part of this question: Which current net would you like to have a microphone on away from the game? Which I thought was a fascinating question. Honestly, I agree. Uh, you want to go first? Sure. For me, it's got to be James Harden. The guy is a party animal. What's he do? What's he getting up to? Uh, okay, when the when the passes have stopped flinging. And uh, James is is um, you know having some some R and R time. What's happening? Right. Uh, the problem is you you can't hear anything over the uh, the jams in the strip club. <laughs> yeah. What what are you saying, James? Um. So I okay. I'm gonna go through some some that I'm not gonna do first, Simon, and then I'll get to who I am gonna do. <laughs> So I'm not doing Kyrie, too obvious again. Plus, I think Kyrie finds himself far more interesting than he really is, and I think it'd get pretty tiresome pretty quickly listening to him off court. Uh, not Harden either, and then I had insert something about the, the joke I just made about strip club music. Um, it used to be Jared Allen for me, Simon. Because mm. uh, I would just love to hear how sweet and genuinely naive he truly is. <laughs> Unless Bam, he's playing against Bam. Unless he's playing against Bam on a bio, and then he becomes a raging monster. <laughs> but for now, today, in 2021, Simon, for me, it would have to be Reggie Perry. 
Reggie Perry. Okay. Yes, I um, love Reggie Perry. I think he is he has a potential to be a genuinely good rotation player. Um, and I think he's already a decent enough player. You know, I think he's I think he's NBA ready, which begs the question: Why was he drafted fifty fifth in the draft? And from everything I've heard, it's because he was sort of tagged and labeled as a bad dude, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? That was his rep. He was a handful. So I would just like the reason I'd like him to be mic'd up is because I I just like a glimpse into what that actually looks like. What is what is a guy who's who's known as such a bad boy that he dropped from like what seems to be like first round talent all the way down to very nearly not even getting drafted just because he has a reputation of being so bad. And I know, Simon, you you and I are, are, are bad boys of, in our own right, of course. Yes, you're talking to Merle and Loveless. You're talking to Merle and Loveless here, two of the baddest boys in the 505. <laughs> uh, but I would like to know what like a real bad boy <laughs> like does and says uh, when the when the cameras aren't on him. Mm-hmm. So you, you you like that logic? Yeah, I think that is that that is off the beaten path, William. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, we've got a game tonight. It's a revenge game against the Pistons. The uh, I guess when you're playing a team as um uninspiring as the Detroit Pistons, you have to you have to like concoct a reason to to make it interesting sort of like you know the the famous you know like how Jordan would be like oh that you know this player on the other team said like I smelled like an egg or something like that it's like no he didn't <laughs> Michael <laughs> he's like yeah he did and I'm going to kill him for it it's like you got to you got to like make up a reason to care so right. it seems like the reason to care about this game is because I've seen a couple articles about like like how they beat us earlier in the season. And that's sort of like what really made the Nets realize they needed to like get their shit in gear. And we got to try, you know, like start playing better. So this is sort of like a game for us to prove like how far we've come since when we lost to the Detroit Pistons, when really we're just playing a dreadful, dreadful team. Um, And hopefully we'll beat the living crap out of them. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, we've gone, uh, I think 11 and one since that game. Yeah, I mean, this team is amazing. I don't think we've said that yet in this podcast. This team <laughs> is fucking amazing. And got to say, a lot of that is because of Jaime Harden. <laughs> you haven't mentioned that before. Which I was an early adopter <laughs> on. This guy has really helped this team. Um, yes. Yes, he has. Um, that, that much is true. I just hope he's, he, the wheels haven't fallen off by the time Kevin Durant gets, gets to be able to play. When do you think Kevin Durant will be back? Oh, well, I don't think it can be any sooner than two weeks. So I'm going to give you the optimistic answer, which is two weeks from now. The problem is, as you know, and have pointed out in, in this year's, condensed schedule that's like another eight games potentially um so but i'm hoping that like he gets the scan and they're like oh yeah looking good they ramp up his his court activity and then in you know a week from today let's say two weeks from today right um i would love love for kevin durant to to be back well i love that optimism simon Uh, I know it's hard to summon in this uh, sad age that we live in, but it's refreshing to hear a bit of optimism. I I genuinely hope he is back soon as well. Uh, Anything else you want to uh, tell our listeners about? What are you uh, you up to? I don't know. This uh, Saturday, Sunday, any plans? You're a birthday boy. Happy birthday, officially, on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, William. You yeah. don't have a birthday until it's mentioned on the pod. You, you, I you wear that. 36 well, my friend. Thank you. I feel so tired today. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of shows, actually. <laughs> oh, no. No, just I'm kidding. Just bring kidding. it, bring it, bring it till yeah. I can't. Bring it no more. <laughs> um, 
Um, no, folks, it's always a pleasure to, to, to be here with you. I, I can amp myself up with that. By the way, are those um, – I think I know the answer to this. But are those monster energy drinks I brought over last week still still cooling in the fridge? I so badly wanted to bring them over to you yesterday, but forgot uh-huh. about it, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, so, yes, they're, they're problematically – we drank one, and then we opened one for just like a taste. So we, we threw that out. So there's really oh, only no. one left. Oh, no. What one did we open up? Do you remember? It's a low-carb one? Oh, we opened the low-carb one. Responsibly. <laughs> okay. Extremely right. responsibly. Yeah, so there's one left, though. Anytime you want to come by, uh, I got it ready and waiting. Okay. Um, I'll, I'm sure I'll be by um, pretty soon. Great. I mean, you know, w- you know, within the next several days. Right. Uh <laughs> Okay. Uh, all right. We want to tell people where they can review us. Folks, please, please review us. Give us five stars, please. I think we've earned it. Um, <laughs> I hope you do, too. Uh, five stars wherever you get your podcasts, especially at Apple Podcasts where um, kings are made, fortunes are made, um, the die is cast, etc. Um, and, uh, I don't think that's appropriate for this, but, nope. uh, okay. Five stars. Five stars. Uh, maybe next time at gmail.com. That's where you can send us your questions, your comments, your thoughts, your feelings. Would, are we trying to get sponsorship, Simon? Yes, we are. We're 36 uh, f- fucking years old at this point. You know, we're right. old men. I, I cannot keep surviving on these free podcasts. We work in uh, <laughs> the nonprofit sector, okay? We just need some sponsorship. Even if the sponsors just send us free swag, don't actually give us any money. Mm-hmm. We need sponsorship. So if you yeah. are an entrepreneur and would like to send <laughs> Simon and I some free prod right, uh, to promote your prod... Yes. I'd do it. I'd chill for just about anything. I would chill for If you're exactly. a small arms dealer. Give, give, um, give us a try. <laughs> give us a try. This, this Uzi really is a doozy. <laughs> this is one of the better Uzis I've used recently. <laughs> That's right. For sure. I, I love its craftsmanship. <laughs> Come on, Uzi dealer. Give us a goddamn right. Uzi. Now, likely you're probably not a small arms dealer, okay? Well, hopefully but we're not. open to all kinds of, of business. Like, Simon and I, we're lovers of entrepreneurial spirit, wouldn't mm-hmm. you say? That's what drives this great nation. That's exactly right. We, we're, you know, in a sense, Simon, you and I are entrepreneurs ourselves. Yeah, we haven't gotten to the money part. But. <laughs> <laughs> We're failed entrepreneurs, right, but right. fail like many entrepreneurs. and then fail better, Simon. That's right. We're tra- we're hoping to fail upward. Give us your Uzi. <laughs> Small dealers of the tri-state area, please mm-hmm. send your weapons to Simon and I to promote on an extremely niche basketball podcast. <laughs> Is that too much to ask? Yes, that's right. We'll, we'll give you our mailing address if you send us an email to maybe next time at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Simon, it has been absolutely wonderful spending the hour with you. I hope Kevin Durant comes back soon. I hope we get some 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 firearms in the mail. Soon or other sponsorship, we are open to non weapons. You don't have to sell weapons. You don't have to sell weapons. It could be um, male grooming products. Could be, yeah. Could be. Uh, could be energy drinks. Yes. Uh, hummus. I love hummus. Hummus. It's a bloated market. You might need to um, step up your advertising game to break through. What's your favorite hummus brand? Um. I forget there's, like, the two that are, like, maybe the most common, and I feel like I got 
Sabra one, is the most common, I feel like. Yeah, and then there's like the other one that's you know what I'm talking about? There's like the big two. Tribe. The other tribe. One? Tribe. I think I'm a tribe oh, guy. Oh, boo. I mean, listen, if the CEO and or CFO of tribe is listening, love it. If you're not <laughs> listening, I think it stinks. Really? I'm a Sabra man. Okay. Yeah. Family size, plain. Plain? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes I eat it with hard boiled eggs in the morning. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, no, actually, that's good. I'm and sorry. pickled red onions. Mm. Oh, that sounds great, actually. What a Mediterraneano. Yeah, you know. Uh, so if you have a pickled red onion company, mm-hmm. get in touch, right? You That's know where right, to find definitely. us. You know where to find us. Uh, all right. Well, we've we've hit the hour mark. We can we can finally clock out now. But it has been a goddamn pleasure speaking with you this afternoon. Let's hear from you, Nets Nation. We love you. We need you. We gotta have you, Simon. Happy thirty six, my man. Thank you. You make it look easy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Go ahead and see ya next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed. And in the personal columns, was this letter I read If you like pina colada